Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Roundtable. I am Jim Haney, Executive Director. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I have a couple of guests here today, uh, and we're just going to be chatting up on recovery. Uh, please introduce yourselves. I'm Todd Tecca, Peer Support Specialist at the Center for Mental Health in Helena here. All right, so thank you for being uh, my guest on this show, and this format is totally freeform, where we just talk about recovery, and so uh, the conversation could go almost anywhere within the realms <laughs> of peer support and recovery, which is totally cool. These two are totally smiling because they love that, and so that's what we're going to be doing here today. So with the ego, you get so um, we get so focused on helping people that sometimes we forget that we're not the right person to help them. Yeah. And we need to set our ego aside and let somebody else help them that would be a better fit. Because mm -hmm. we may have um, the right message, but we might not be the right messenger. Right. You know. Right. And um, and there are times that I've worked with people that, you know, you go and you have 10, 15, 20 people that all get it. You relate and everything mm -hmm. works really well. And then you run into that one person that is like, uh, you know, they just don't relate to my story or right. I remind them of somebody they don't like or, you know, there's a million different reasons, but we just don't click. Right. And rather than try and drag them along, mm -hmm. I need to recognize that and say, gosh, let me hook you up with somebody else that you, I think you would really like. Exactly. You know, and put our ego aside to actually help. You. Yeah. I think that superhero thing that gets, that's just the way I frame it, I guess, is that, you know, that I have to mm -hmm. be the, the, the be all end all, yeah. you know, to, to every person who walks through that door. It's me because I got the name badge, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think as a peer supporter, to be an effective peer supporter, like there has to be a level of, um, you know, humility and humbleness in, mm -hmm. you know, and that goes along with For professionalism, sure. you know, and I For think sure. that is kind of an oxymoron, right? In most professional jobs, right? It's like being this strong, confident person. Yeah. But in our job, like having humility and being humble is like a a quality that makes us effective. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought you you did it really well today in the the role play. The we were doing the demonstration role play in the training okay. where we play the peer supporter and so Ashley was doing it and uh, the well, woman kept pushing her on what is my solution? What is my solution? Like she just kind of kept not in those exact words, but she just kept pushing that. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to tell me about my recovery. And what did you say? It was great. I said, I don't have that answer. And the room went silent, right? Nobody responded. Like everybody was, Oh, what? Like, Oh, I thought you were supposed to have all the answers. Like you could just hear the brain cells working in the room. Like what? And you just, 
I don't have that answer. And the way you said it was so just calm and she's, oh, but we could walk that path together. The peer said that, Yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not here to like hand you the prize, I'm like here, do ABC and your life will all turn around. You right know? on. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was great. And that's an important piece to remember too, is right. We don't have all the answers. No. And that's not our, that's not our place because everybody's recovery is different. Yeah. We all get where we're going at a different pace, use different tools. So if we can take the time that we have and help them find those for yeah. themselves, that not only empowers them, it gives them some new knowledge mm-hmm. as well as tools. And we're not just saying, here, go do this or here, go do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I can remember early in my recovery thinking that um, – if I could just get myself in a treatment program, I would get better. Did you guys ever have that experience? I was so convinced that if I could just get myself in, because I, I'm calling these places in there. Oh yeah, we're booked like six months. You know, oh we have a waiting list, three months. We have, you know, it's thirty thousand dollars. It's right, and I mean, I didn't have a job. I didn't have money. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I had this notion of. Just getting into the program, they give me the answers. answers yeah. yeah. Did you guys feel that way? Did you guys have yeah, that? Yeah, I did feel that way. For me, it was like it was almost like it was relief for me. Like it was like if I got in there, it was like I didn't have to worry about the stress of the world at that point, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I got into even when I went to jail, it felt that way. It was almost like mm. I I almost looked forward to the times that I would get arrested because no kidding, yeah, because it was like <sighs> nobody, right? from, nobody from the world, can nobody, get in touch from, with you. nobody from the world yeah. can get in touch with me, and it was just relief, right? Like oh. I I don't know if that's the same that you're talking about, but I felt relief and like um, I didn't get answers in jail, but I felt just yeah. relief. You know what I mean? Like I could breathe at that point. Yeah, I, I I didn't get the answers in treatment, not the answers I I wanted anyway. I thought if I jump through the hoops, it would come to me. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and years later, reflecting back, it's like, okay, I get it. It was more about me and my journey. It wasn't really about getting in this program or like, right. But I had that notion. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I think sometimes that comes from, um, just the healthcare setting, right? Because when you talk to everybody, recovery is not necessarily new, but it hasn't spread so much as, you know, as the established, oh, well, just go here and they'll take care of you. They'll have all the answers. And so I think, you know, in one area, we're still all stuck with that kind of ingrained, like, oh, well, you know, you just go to a program and they'll have all the answers, you know, and, and you just work through the 12 steps. We crave structure. Mm-hmm. We crave structure. That's a good point. Yeah. And um, in programs, in in jail, in, you right. know, in peer support, in, you know, us versus them, right? We crave structure, whether we know it or not. It's like, good, it's that human point. condition that yeah. we crave structure. Yeah, because yeah. it provides some security, mm-hmm. right? It does. Because true. if this is the way the structure works, and I know that it works that way, right. I know how it's going to come out. That's interesting, yeah, and yeah. So... But it's interesting, yeah, the structure provides a lot hmm. in your life, you know, and sometimes it's, um, 
I think, you know, in, when we talk about rap and recovery and things like that, you know, you're always talking about a daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's easy to forget sometimes how easy that is to fall off of. Oh, yeah. Especially, sure. you know, you start to get depressed or you start to get busy or life is chaotic. And, yep. you know, it goes from... Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night to yep. pretty soon, like not having a shower in two weeks and yep. brushing your teeth every day yeah. and not, you know, and, and, like, and you're not sleeping right. And now you're not eating right because right. you can't sleep and, and you go to for comfort it's for the food. Right. So yeah. Right. And yeah. I have all this time and I don't have any structure. I know for me, um, that doesn't happen very often, but at the same time, I've caught myself just sitting around watching TV for no reason because mm-hmm. I don't have anything planned for that moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, early on, very early on, the first couple of years in my recovery, I, uh, I, I set this goal of six days a week I was going to do something for my recovery. And so that included a lot of different things. It included a support group. It included, could be going to therapy. Um, it could be reading a book. It could be, you know, it could be a, a variety of things. But six days, seven day, which just happened to sort of work out to be Sundays, was not going to be about recovery. And, you know, just be what I called normal. <laughs> you know, but every other day, every one of the other days of the week, six days, I was going to do something to improve myself for my recovery, to, you know, and, and it looked like lots of different things over that first couple of years. But man, I so needed that to do that, to make that kind of commitment. Mm. And I reflect back on that quite a bit because one of the things that came out of it for me is um, so today, and, and you know, I'm 25 years later. I, when I wake up in the morning, I got this routine, man. Right. I I get up and I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, and I take a shower and put on clean clothes. And that is a direct result of that first year in recovery when my therapist said, maybe we can just get you to take a shower and some clean clothes every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That didn't even enter my world before she introduced that to me. Yeah. That that could be part of my overall wellness. And I'll tell you, I still do it today every single day. And if I'm sick or, you know, like you wake up and it's like it's a weekend or something and you're like, oh, yeah, I should do that. Like there isn't any of that in my world. It's like I wake up and that is the routine. Like it is just... I don't know what it is. It just like it feels good and it works for me, and so I just continue to do it. Where you know, like uh, my wife might say, "Oh, today I'm you know I'm just gonna put on sweats and a t-shirt or something." Not me, man. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like I'm in the shower and clean clothes and like jumping into my day, and that goes directly back to the beginning of my recovery for sure. Well, and I think that's important because I know, like, for me, when I start to get depressed, that's when things slide. Mm-hmm. But um, I've tried to do the same thing so that this part of my head might be saying, okay, 
what what's a good excuse for me to call off of work today and stay oh. home? What's a good excuse for me to just hide out today? Mm-hmm. And the other part of my brain has already got me up and moving it in the shower. And mm-hmm. so by the time I figure out like, oh, well, like maybe could do this or that, I'm already in the car on the way to work. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, well, I guess it's too late for that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually by the time I get there and get around people, I feel better anyway. Right. You know, right. And, but it's just that routine because without that. I'm sure I'd be, you know, I'd yeah. just sit around. I'd yeah. give myself excuses. How you mentioned like the six days of like devoting to your recovery and like having one day that's like off, right? Yeah. And even off of recovery, right? And that, yeah. And yeah. That's foreign for yeah. I think people in recovery and um, especially for peer supporters mm-hmm. to even like entertain that idea but for me um for being so like devoted to my recovery and like really 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 involved with commitments and in my own personal recovery path and then like taking this job on as a peer supporter right Mm -hmm. and um and not knowing like what i was getting into um in Mm -hmm. in that arena that Okay, so I'm I have all these commitments in my recovery path, and now I'm taking this job on where I'm talking about recovery, like eight hours a day. Right. Right. And and then like I go home and and then I'm like, okay, I need to go and like talk about recovery for another four hours, right? <laughs> and it's like I am recovered out. Right. 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 At a point yeah. where I was like. I don't want to hear anything else anybody has right. to say about um, change right. or right. Yeah. or like Steps how, or how good like it's getting or how bad it's getting. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to like right. disconnect right. from the world Absolutely. and like I want to go to the highest mountain and and watch the birds fly. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And like to me, that is like I think super important for for us to remember is that like self-care is different than your recovery plan and like and that is um to me has been life-changing is is separating Mm self-care from my my recovery plan right and um and that's how i stay um I stay current and I stay, um, I don't burn out mm-hmm. and I don't get as compassion fatigued mm-hmm. and um, is knowing that difference. And I don't know, that's just really helped me is like having a day or two or you know what, let's go out on a limb here or even three. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> right. Well, and sometimes it's even just a couple of hours. Yeah. You know, in your day as you're yeah. planning it out because. I know I try and plan out at least an hour a day to do self-care, whether that's, hmm. you know, a book or I want to watch a, mm-hmm. you know, something on YouTube or I don't know, mm-hmm. or take a walk with the dog, something. But an hour a day, I need to just get away from everything and everybody and mm-hmm. take some time and a breather because it is really easy to get caught up in the job of helping people and yep. wanting them to do better. And so you put all this time and energy into them and you forget about, you, you know, I need to take care of me too. Yeah. yeah or this is not going to yeah. last. Yeah, like what yeah. sparks joy in me? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. what do I enjoy? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's a huge one, I think, facing peer supporters you know we have this 
big workforce now, mm-hmm. you know, all these peer supporters out there. And I think it's one of the biggest challenges. Um, I've always used outdoor, you know, hiking for me has always kind of been the thing. I live close to the park and, uh, so it's like getting out there, but it, it's hard and it's hard to do. There's, there's weeks like this yeah. where I'm in a hotel in a different town and you know, the weather's iffy and there's all kinds of bright. So it's getting dark early. So I don't know, probably not hiking, but you mentioned the book thing. So I found for myself, um, so I like to do the audiobooks, and it, they almost have to be not about wellness or yeah. like, it needs to be right. like some fiction detective story yeah. like that has and you know what's so funny is I'm listening I have one right now I was listening to driving here and uh, I'm listening to the thing and and uh, the freaking main character is in recovery and relapses in the book oh, no. yeah you know first chapter or whatever you know right you're like on to the next oh, you know, I got to hear about this now, you know, mixed in the story. But yeah, if it's a totally something just, you know, some mystery kind of thing that has nothing to do with then I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, because you can just escape in it. Yeah. You just let your brain yeah. in. It just lets you forget about it. Uh, yeah, you need to, because I think, yeah. I think everybody, <clears throat> we get so busy trying to help everybody and trying to you know, make sure this works or that works or how do yeah. we keep this afloat? Right. You know, so that creativity still runs on the side while you're not really. Even when you're sleeping. Yeah. My brain still is thinking yeah. about, you I know, can what can I do for MPN? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. the process. So, yeah, you really need to make that conscious effort to get away from yes. it for a while. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I truly believe that. And I think that's when we talk about one of the biggest issues facing peer supporters is I think it's self-care and, and there's lots of stuff. There's pay. You and I have talked about this. There's things like pay and, and full-time positions versus part-time positions, clinical supervisors. There's all kinds of issues, but I see when I get that 10,000 foot view of Montana and all these different peer support programs, the biggest challenge peer supporters have is the self-care and, uh, they're just not separating that. And uh, a friend of ours used to say, you can't build your recovery around your peer support work. It works the other way too, I think, that people have a shaky recovery and they go and get certified and become this peer supporter. And they're thinking that's how they're gonna strengthen their recovery, except they're shaky to begin with. So now, once they start working with people, you have all that secondary trauma and they're hearing these stories and they're already wobbling in their own lives. And now it really starts on spooling and you have this mess and you have clients involved and, you know, employment issues and all kinds of stuff. And it's, I mean, being solid in your recovery, your own recovery, having time away, I think is so important. you're going to do this kind of work and do it for any length of time. Right. But it kind of comes full circle, right? It's not letting your ego get in the way and right. say, I no. need time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I need yeah. to take time for I myself. I got to have time for me. I yeah. have to have time for me. And not feeling guilty about it. And not feeling guilty right? about because, it. Right? Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I have clients that, you know, you can set up as many boundaries as you want. 
But if, <laughs> if they feel like, oh my God, I'm in crisis, right, because, right, you know, right, I can't make this phone call, or right. I can't, you know, right. go to the store or something, <laughs> you know, they're gonna call. And so on those days that I'm off, I will say. If I don't answer the phone, leave me a message. You right, know? right. Because I can always check, and if it's an emergency, an emergency, then I know I can right. call them back. Right. But if it's, you know, right, I'm not gonna call that till I get back. And so to that's the how you handle it. You, yeah, you so let them like, call and leave you a message. And, yeah, yeah. Because you know, yeah. I don't, I don't wanna. Because I think sometimes it's easy to feel guilty about, oh, this is my job, so I should be 24-7. It's like, right. you can't do that. No, you can't call your doctor 24-7 and go, no. hey, doc, I got a problem. You know, yeah. I saw you two weeks ago. And, well, we had right? a conversation we had the other day is that um, the line oh, yeah. of people who need their support is always going to be there. It, 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 you will right. never reach the end. You will right. never reach the end. <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, oh, but, you know, if I just get this one, right. you know, this, this one more, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, there's no, there's going to no. be the next the, person that gets right. at the end. It's right. like, wow, you know, I never thought of it that way. You know? it's, like, it's down the street, right? Yeah. Like the line is out the oh, door yeah. and down the street. It will never end. There was never going to be a plus time where you don't need any peer supporters and we don't need to talk about recovery. Right. It's yeah. It's endless. The need is far greater. We could have a thousand. Right. Years so that's that internal thing for me, where it's like, okay, when do I shut off that conversation? Yep. Right. When do I shut yes. off that conversation with yep. myself, mm-hmm. and then like focus on Ashley, and then you know, okay, I'm turning back on the conversation, and I get to right. have it again. You know. Right. And yeah. yeah. And you have to do that. You've got to be able to take care of yourself and understand those boundaries, and that it's okay. Right. You know, to say, look, I'm, you know. Right. I need some time off. Yeah. yeah. Even I think within the conversation, I think when you're right there in the moment doing a one-on-one with somebody and they're talking to you, if you if if I find myself drifting away or having negative thoughts, that's a cue to me. Yeah. Right. I, I need to disengage because at this point, I'm not doing any good to this person sitting in front of me. Yep. But you got to be cued into that because otherwise you can drift off into outer space and they're still talking to you and you're like thinking about whatever, man, spaghetti and meatballs tonight or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I need to go buy the garlic and, you know, right? Like, oh, if I find myself doing it, that tells me I'm not present. I'm not giving that person my all. I, I think it goes back to the ego thing we started with in this conversation, doesn't it? Because it's this position of power that I think the system kind of set up originally. It's like, I have all the knowledge, right? And and I'm only gonna dole some out to you when I feel like I, right. I want to, or you're prepared to hear it, or there's all these like requirements of it. Yeah. And it's like when we tell them here, when we're doing the peer support one-on-one, we tell them the first day, our binder is your binder. We don't have any special information in this binder. Right. Right? Like it looks exactly like yours. We print a copy, we just put it in this. Mine's black. That's all. Yours is white. So I can tell which one is mine and which one is yours. That's it. Like that principle of peer support, I think, is so foreign to the behavioral health system 
that when we come along as peer supporters, it's they're sort of blown away by that. Like, whoa, like, what do you mean? It's like, no, it's like, I'm just here to share my experience and walk with the person. Yep. I'm not here to have some special knowledge or control or this isn't even about me. It's like, how can I support this other person? And that's it. Mm-hmm. And the system, I, I, feel, I feel like it is changing and it is evolving. And I think yep. we're in this period of flux and there's some struggles when that happens, anytime things are changing, there's some like resistance. There's to that. some ruffling oh, yeah. of some feathers, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, where people we've heard it in this class a couple times where people have said things like, Well, all these cuts, you know, it's hurt this and it's hurt that. And I want to say, and there's a whole bunch of new money that's coming to the system in a whole different way. Right. And so it's this like evolution that needs to happen. Yep. So I think it's good. I feel like things are headed in a positive direction and they are changing. And we as peer supporters are making such an impact with this new approach, with this totally different approach. And I think some of the resistance that's interesting is from uh, higher up, right? (laughs) you, you You have providers that deal with their own issues, right? But they're sure. not gonna tell you that, <laughs> right. right? Right. So when we go in and are very open about disclosing, yeah. you know, they're like, what? You right. know, you're not expecting me to do that, right? Well, eventually maybe, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, and because you have to have buy-in from both sides, yes. right? For it to work. And so that resistance is like, there's always that, well, what about my reputation? What about my, Dude, I don't care. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you're the same as I am. Yeah, you make a better pay grade because, right. you know, but the fact of the matter is that if we're both on the same level mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. work through recovery and, you know, mm-hmm. we can help each other. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it yep. really is about ego and about setting that aside and saying, yes, how can I help? I, I truly you believe know? that. I had this experience. So when I first started out as a peer supporter, um, I worked at a traditional mental health provider and in our staff meetings, I worked there for a few years, in our staff meetings there was one of the, of the staff people, I won't say what role she played, but she was a staff person, she disclosed to us in a staff meeting that she had a diagnosis, bipolar, and she was struggling. And I approached her outside the staff meeting, privately in the office, and said, would you like to start or participate in one of our peer support groups, or do you want to start a different one? I'd be happy to do that with you. I think your clients would embrace it and be like, whoa. And it was as if I said, to this individual, you should do therapy naked from now on. It was as if I said the most outrageous possible thing ever, and I will never forget it because it was like, absolutely not, and you will not disclose that to anybody. It was like, you already told the entire staff. Right, yeah. But you won't share that with the very people you work with who had the same diagnosis as you, who actually would probably relate to you even more yes. and embrace you. And I'm offering you recovery, because at yep. this time I'm running a recovery program and I'm saying, 
come to the recovery program. And you could run your own group or participate in our group. I'll even do it with you. It was, it was like, like I said, I mean, it was like I just said yes to the most outrageous, ludicrous thing, absolutely refused. And that was a real eye-opener to me to, holy cow, this system, this does yeah. not work. Yeah. And, and I don't mean you come in your, in your ther therapy session and you start talking about your own stuff. This right. is come to a place for support and find yeah. some recovery. For your yeah. own, own, own well-being. Yes, and yeah. it'll translate yeah. into all these probably positive things with your own clientele. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm off my rocker for suggesting that, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know? You know something? Yeah. I know uh, I used to get a kick out of when I was at the BHU, right? For a little while, there was an uh, influx of docs, you know? Sure. And I had disclosed to the director and then the nurses and, and asked, you know, are you okay if I use this in groups? Mm -hmm. Because I, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. at that point was in recovery and had yeah. done some work with the, with MPN. Yeah, yeah. I and totally knew how important was. it was. Yeah. And they were fine with that, right? Yeah. I never felt the need to disclose to the docs, like pull them aside and go, hey, just so you know, right? Yeah. Um, and the nurses never ever made a big deal of it. Like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But almost every one of them would be in with a patient and they would say, and they would come back out and go, well, so-and-so just said that you have a diagnosis. I'm like, yeah. And I remember one doc saying, you're not really bipolar, are you? I said, thought you were lying to yeah. Like, yeah, I said. I'm just well, making that up. Yeah, I said, well, yeah, I am, you know. And she's like, wow, you must have some really good meds on board. And I'm just like. What? what does bipolar look like to you? Right. Like, like that's my whole point is I can hold a job, right. I can raise my right. kids, I can do right. all, I can have a life and right. still, you know, I right. mean, right. so even, even the, you know, providers sometimes have this predestined notion of what yep. that looks like. Yeah, this is you how know? you should be. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. wow, that's, you know, and I used to just laugh because I'm like, what yeah. in the world do you yeah. think that looks like, yeah. you know? Right. I mean, imagine yeah. apply that to, you know, people with cancer or people yeah. with heart disease. What if we said that to people like, oh, geez, well, you have cancer. I guess you're going to die. Like, yeah. if we just like blanket it in that same sort of way. I mean, we don't. We talk to people immediately. Yeah. But these are the conversations recovery, in, remission. These, in these yeah. arenas, like with, with healthcare professionals, right? Mm -hmm. With prescribing doctors, with the nurses, with, with administrative staff, with mm -hmm. all of these people that we have to have is like bedside manner with, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like all of that stuff, like yeah. it, it matters, yeah. right? It, yeah. All of that stuff matters. It, it matters big time. The, big time. In, in fact, I've read articles that um, have, and I don't want to say there's a uh, data around it, although there might be, but I can, I can remember reading articles that talk about the outcomes for individuals and based on how they were given their diagnosis and what was said to them immediately afterwards. Right. What, like, what that pathway looked like, you know, and so how they're getting their diagnosis and then what we're saying to them, right, that when we do it in a supportive way that there's recovery and we have programs and there's, you know, right, that the outcomes are better 
Oh, wow. Then when we say, well, you have this diagnosis, you're going to be this way the rest of your life, and you're going to have to do this, and, you know, the outlook is kind of, you yeah, know. Here, take two of these every day. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have to keep coming back yeah. here. And kind, of, well, kind of that downtrodden, you might not even be able to work. And I remember them saying that to me. I mean, I was, a, I was a young guy. I'm like 21, 22 years old, and they're telling me I may never be able to work again. I should go on disability. And to me, it was like, really? Like, my whole life is in front of me, I think. Yeah. And you're telling me, as a doctor, that I'm going to be coming here to the mental health center forever. And it was like, wow, that was devastating to me. That was all my dreams sort of like... You know, like flushed down the toilet, out the window, you know, like, holy cow, all these things I thought I would do or be one day or just, right? And it's like that message that we give people early on is so impactful. Mm -hmm. Well, I know, you know, and to be honest, um, I know people think that I'm crazy still that don't understand, right? Because they'll say, we these conversations, I'll say, yeah, you know, uh, to be honest, like, my bipolar is my blessing. And they're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? And it's like, but, but you have to understand that, you know, granted, there are still good days and bad days, but right. it's given me the insights and the knowledge and the personal experience mm -hmm. to be able to sit down with somebody right after they're diagnosed or, yeah. you know, when they're in recovery and say, look, this is not the end of your life. Right. Right. right? This is the beginning because now you know what you're dealing with. Right. Yes. So you can learn to manage that and go yeah. on and have a great life and right. not let it run you. Right. You know, like right. you, like has been happening because you didn't know. Yeah. And to see that aha moment like, whoa, mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. You know, because I know when, when I sat down, that was, a, that was the talk that I got was, <clears throat> well, you're, you know, you're uh, bipolar and it was almost like everything else shut off at that moment because I heard bipolar and, and my first thought was, crap, I really am crazy, you know? Oh, yeah. And so yeah. it took me six months, literally, of trying to prove that that was wrong yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I figured out, like, oh, this yeah. really is, like, this is yeah. what I'm dealing with, yeah. you know? Yeah. But once I accepted that and could look through and go, okay, gosh, you know, how do I deal with this? Because right. these are, you know, it's affecting how I deal with my family and my kids and my job. And, right. You know, so how do right. I do that? You right. Know? And then once you figure that out, and luckily, you know, I had, I had some good support along the way. I ran into you and Jen and, mm -hmm. and you know, and that all helped tremendously. Yeah. You know, but um, it really is how you look at it because, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I tell people, it's, you know, that's that was my first thought. But the reality is, uh, it, it's just that I process stuff differently. Mm -hmm. Like I might come to the right. same conclusion as you, but I'm going to go yeah. four different ways a about different, it. Different route. Yeah. That's exactly how I've come to think of, of for myself too. Is that I, I just I process the world very differently mm -hmm. than a normal person. So yeah. my reactions to things might be very different. <laughs> yeah. And, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I think honestly, the best compliment I ever got in this last 12 years of doing this is, um, I was working and we were doing groups every day and we had this gal come in and, and uh, very depressed, wouldn't really 
open up, no conversation, but she would come to groups. And so I would disclose and we would talk about different things every day. And then about her second week, she kind of opened up a little bit. And on the way out the door, when she finally felt well enough to go, she pulled me aside and she said, you know, I just want to say thank you because I do the same job as you at a different facility. And I was just diagnosed and I didn't think that I would ever be able to do that job again. But she says, you know, I see you here, you're doing your job, you're interacting with people, you talk about raising your kids, you talk about life in general. And she goes, yeah. that made a huge difference because now I know that I can go back out and somehow manage this. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, I'm just like, dude, that's the best compliment I ever got. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. So, and, and hopefully that's the way it works, you know, in peer support is that we can make it so it's not such a huge deal right because i think that's the other right. thing it's like oh my gosh you have a mental illness like, right well, normalizing yeah. man yeah. is huge it is it's yeah. huge and that's a big focus when i work with people is trying to normalize what they're going through that it's not so oddball yeah. as you think it is because there's a whole lot of us experiencing these similar things <laughs> right. yeah. and that what you think is normal isn't really that big of a crowd yeah and that there's way more people kind of in your area that are impacted by mental illness or substance use and trauma and that trying to normalize that's why i'm such a huge fan of meeting people literally in the community whether that's a restaurant, coffee shop, yeah. a, a park, taking a walk with them to normalize it right. and get it out of that stereotypical, come to our building, fill out all this paperwork, sit in a special office, lay right. on a couch. I mean, my, my parents, will, they, they know, I will not lay on the couch. And yeah. they try to do everything. I had this one therapist, she bought this antique <laughs> therapy couch from the turn of the century <laughs> this like handmade like oh, you know like, i'm sure it was worth thousands because it was beautiful I mean, yeah it was the kind of thing you wouldn't sit on unless someone told you or asked you to sit on it yeah but she was like you know oh the couch you know oh it's so nice you know oh she's like and i'm like i will never sit on that couch <laughs> and, and it would come up all the time it was like sure, you know we got this couch over here maybe we should try this and it's like no no, because it's that stereo sort of typical head yeah. shrinker kind of yeah. thing. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I want it more normal. Like how normal people talk to each other. Conversation, yeah. 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 And it was like this just sort of ongoing, you know, and we had fun with it, but mm-hmm. never would I get on that couch. I'm like, do your other clients? She goes, oh yeah, all the other clients use it. I said, not me. I'm not laying on that damn couch. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of furniture. I'm sure you spent a lot of money, but that ain't for me. We're gonna sit on this couch and normal across from each other. We're gonna have a normal conversation. We're gonna have a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. Like, yeah, not doing it. Yeah, I think it's a huge part of it because you start stigmatizing yourself. Oh yeah. There's something wrong with me. I'm laying on the couch. Yep. Yeah. You you get that in your head. Yeah. That. Because, right. Yeah, and everything, you know, I mean, we're so vocal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And technically, we don't even have to say it. It just reverberates in the back of our brain, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you say, oh, I'm stupid long enough, you're going to believe that. That's right. And you start acting that way. That's right. You know, and so it's it's everything, you know. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about communication, you know, I know you and I talked about that. Like, um, I try really hard never to use the word problem. Because, yeah. you know, when you say, oh, I have a problem, 
then automatically the other person assumes it's with them mm -hmm. or that you're going to bring up some subject that somebody has to be right, somebody has to be wrong. Oh, like there's yeah. all these assumptions. Yeah. They're we all have negative. an opportunity here. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Opportunity a challenge. <laughs> I have a challenge. Hey, could you help me with this challenge? Yeah. 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 And then it becomes a teamwork thing. Right. You know? Right. So it's yeah. even just how we how we have a conversation. Language is super important. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And, uh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. All right. So um, we have this thing we're going to do. So uh, on recovery roundtable, um, we ask one sort of goofy question because we've been having this great dialogue. But before we wrap up, we're always doing one sort of goofy question. So. We're gonna start with you, Todd. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Chocolate. Actually, chocolate? Yes. yes. I'm, I'm vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> I'm vanilla. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally vanilla. That doesn't surprise. Totally vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works, and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.